0: Welcome to Short Course, episode 68, for April 21st, 2020. I'm your host, Ben Barry. Something I've been thinking about a lot recently is this idea that there is no such thing as a perfect match. And in particular, there are two sides to this coin. The first one is as a competitor, and the second one is as a match attendee. So, as a competitor, I've never walked away from a match saying, I shot that perfectly. I couldn't have done that any better. And as an attendee, I always find that there's something about matches that I find lacking. And coming to grips with that, understanding it, and getting over it has actually been something of a growth area for me in the past six or nine months. And I wanted to reflect on that. But let's start with the other thing. The idea that as a competitor you will never have a perfect match. What I've found is that the best way I can describe it is my performance on a stage registers at, at one of a couple spots. And the, the lowest spot on the scale is train wreck. Disaster. Something went wrong, missed a target, popped a no shoot, something really egregious, and I'm just the the, the score is terrible. That one I won't even really compare to other competitors. I won't really think of as, oh, you know, there was some bright spot in that. No, whatever happened was so bad that that it just dominates the stage and whatever points were up for grabs in that stage are just, they're gone. Those happen fairly rarely. Above that, not quite as bad, but still pretty bad is one real big significant error. Maybe it was a miss, maybe it was a no shoot, maybe it was a, a procedural penalty, but whatever it was, there, there was some single egregious error. It might not take you totally out of the running, but it definitely hurts your chances on that stage. Up from there, you've got stages where you shot it okay, but you just shot a lot of points down. Maybe you were a little out of control, you were too worried about the mover that was coming up, and so you weren't focusing on getting points on the static targets. Whatever it is, it hurt. You're not out of the running, but you didn't do yourself any favors. So if we use our math with a 32-round field course, shooting in production, all things being equal, you know, not, not assuming any kind of crazy hardcover, but shooting in production, if you're looking for 90% of points, that's eight Charlies. If you're looking for 95% of points, that's four Charlies out of a 32-round stage. So if you go through a 32-round field course and you got 14 Charlies or 10 Charlies and two Deltas. If you're, you're dropping down into the 80% or so range of shooting the, the points available, then that's, you're starting to have a bad day. Maybe the time was okay, it was, it was sporty, but you gave up too much on the points. And then what I found is a good stage, a stage where I, I walk away from it, and in retrospect, after the match is over, I look at it and say, yeah, that one went okay. Typically, I'm still dissatisfied with the stage. Very, very, very rarely do I walk away from a stage and say, yep, knock that one out of the park. Couldn't have done it any better. Every once in a while that'll happen, but usually that's that's more luck than anything. But it's, it's this other class where I walk away from the stage and I'm thinking, eh, probably dropped a few too many Charlies there. There'll always be, you know, some little niggling thing that I'm still not totally happy with. But what I've learned is those kinds of stages, if you manage to stack up six or eight of those stages in a row and you're at a six or eight stage club match, you're probably going to be fairly happy with the outcome. Those, those kinds of stages where you feel like "Ah, it could have been a little bit better. That's actually, that's usually as good as it gets. You're, you're not going to be just smashing homers out of the park on stage after stage. Almost always. And in my experience, if you are smashing homers out of the park, then you're, pushing at a level that will likely cause you to completely train wreck as the day goes on, as you get more tired, as you get more complacent, as you lose focus, then that's going to catch up with you. But if you manage to stay in the zone, not try and consciously control your speed too much, not try and push too hard, you don't let expectations get in your head and try and think, oh, I should should be able to do a sub-second draw on this stage... And as long as you keep all that sort of inner dialogue under control, you shoot each stage sort of calmly, do your best, and and you walk away from each stage with that, eh, probably a few too many Charlies, you line a bunch of those up, and that's probably going to be a pretty good match. You're probably going to be pretty happy with that outcome. Even if you don't win, it'll probably reflect the best you could do today. Now, should you always be pushing to do better in practice? Absolutely. Should you be getting to the point where you can shoot drills to build the confidence to shoot a 32-round field course with two Charlies down? Absolutely. But that wasn't who you were when you showed up to the match, and so beating yourself up for not hitting that unrealistic standard is not productive. But on the other hand, if you walk away with a handful of stages where you just you feel like, it uh, could have been a little bit better, usually those are the ones that actually went well enough, and usually your competition is out there and... One, two, three of them, they train wrecked, or they were just sloppy and dropped a lot of points. And just by staying staying in the zone, just staying at a nice, even keel, you probably did pretty well. But it'll never be perfect. You, you'll never walk away, at least in my experience, you'll never walk away from match and saying, yep, smash that one out of the park. You know, I've never won a national championship, but I have to imagine that even those guys, national match, 18, 21, 24 stages, there's probably one or two where they look at that and say, oh, I'm glad I got away with that one. Somewhere across three, four days of competition, there's, there's a stage that almost took them out, and they managed to scrape it through. And they're thinking, not about winning, not about all the the stages that went well, but man, I'm glad that one didn't didn't sink my chance at winning. So even when you're at the pinnacle of the sport, even when you've won the biggest matches, I imagine there's, there's still this level of, well, that could have been better. So how is this useful? I know for me, I had this idea that the more I practiced, the better I got, the more satisfied I would be with my match outcomes. And maybe I built that impression early on in my career when I didn't practice at all, and I started practicing, and I started doing way better than I'd ever done, and I was just blown away with the results. And even back then, you know, I mean, this is when I would have been an IDPA-like expert, you know, C-class. And back then, even a good match probably still had a couple significant flubs. A A good match, what I would have considered hitting it out of the park back then, would be just unacceptable now, right? But back then, the idea, okay, if you practice, you can start really shooting matches that you're really happy with. And maybe that lasted for a while, six months, a year, maybe. But eventually, it got to the point where no matter how, how well I thought I did, even if I came in above expectations, there was always more to be done. And I think coming to grips with that has actually helped me just see it as part of the journey, part of the process. Coming away with the fact that I will never drive away from a match thinking, yeah, buddy, you killed it today. There'll always be stuff to improve makes me feel less like I'm trapped in this Groundhog Day scenario of, man, why can't I ever shoot a match that's just decent, that I'm just really happy with? I will say, I'm recording this on a Tuesday, shot a match two days ago on a Sunday, and I will talk more about that match because I think it was a very interesting match that, that has a number of points worth calling out. I'll talk about that soon. But I shot, at this match, I shot three mics. And you might say, well, that sounds like a pretty bad match. But I actually think it was the best match I've had in quite a while. I I certainly think I shot better relative to my sort of theoretical maximum and and what I can actually do. I I think I shot better two days ago than I did, for example, at Nationals back in November. And you might say, well, three mics doesn't sound very good. But the best way I can put it is it's subjectively, compared to where I was six months ago, compared to what I know I can do, I think that it was both a better representation of my skill and it was a better sign of progress. So even though I had the three mics, you might walk away and say, wow, you know, that that was a bad match. But it's actually the opposite. It, It was something much more encouraging than the results might indicate. And so walking away from that, I'm actually very pleased with how I shot. I would say it was as close to A good match as I've had in a long time. And so that's as good as it gets. It's not, there is no perfect match. I'm never going to show up and just cruise through and shoot to a level I'm happy with. And that's okay. I think, I think coming to accept that and seeing it as just a part of the journey that you, the, the road will always be filled with some disappointments and a lot of them will come from unexpected directions. And that's part of what's awesome about the sport. One of the the misses that I had at this match came because it was an unloaded start, mags on a barrel. When I was stowing one of the mags in my front mag pouch, I actually came in it at such an angle that the magazine managed to strip the top round out of the magazine and drop it on the ground, and I needed that round to make up a a miss on a steel target. And I went into that steel target too hot because I thought I had another shot. I thought I could take a, a shot at it and I didn't. And so rather than doing the reload and shooting the steel plate, which probably would have, you know, hurt my score more than it helped it, I just, I took the miss. I would not the target, but I took the miss. And that's, that's never happened before. Is it theoretically foreseeable? Sure. But it wasn't something I ever trained on. Maybe if I dry fired a lot more reps of loading from a table to a mag pouch, it would have happened in practice. And then I would have been able to train around it. That's probably true. But there's, there's just an infinite amount of these these little subtleties to learn about the sport, these little tricks, these little nuances. And to me, that's what keeps it interesting. So it is, it is in some strange way a good thing that, that there is no and will be no perfect match, that there is always some new challenge, even though it might be fault lines and cardboard targets and steel poppers and mesh walls, you can arrange them in an infinite number of arrangements so that they're always surprising and i think i think that's both awesome in its own way and when you accept the downside of that which is that you really there is no such thing as bowling a perfect game when you accept that the sport gets better the other side of this that i thought was interesting this idea of there being no such thing as a perfect match it occurred to me that that not only as a competitor and when i say match i mean match performance but as an attendee, as someone who appreciates shooting matches that are run well and officiated well and have a lot of quality and passion that went into running them and setting them up and making sure all the details were right, there will be no such thing as a perfect match in in the sense of being getting all the details exactly right. There's always going to be something at every match I go to that doesn't quite sit right with me. Now, Part of the reason that this is even in my head is I happen to be very spoiled. The first USPSA match I ever shot is the Sir Walter Club match that I've talked about many times on this podcast. And that match is—it's been around for a while. It's—I actually don't know, but it's at least 10, maybe 15 years old. It's gone through a number of match directors. There are a lot of props. There are a lot of everything— the target stands are all nice the steel is all nice the the money that the that the match brings in can pretty regularly be spent to buy new props there are always different props there are some things that i've only ever seen at our local club starting out at this match gave me a very unrealistic expectation of of what matches in general are like and again this is just because it is it is a match with a lot of history a lot of inertia built up around it, and so there's a lot of people who work very hard on it, and and so the quality is very high. But if you have somebody starting up a a match with a, a range that maybe the berms aren't very big, or they don't have a lot of elaborate props, and you go to this match and you compare it to that, you will be disappointed. All disappointment comes from expectation. Having expectations that all matches are going to be like the best match you've ever shot is a recipe for, for disappointment. And I think where this particularly becomes a problem is level two matches or above. So I've never shot an area match, but I've shot a couple Ipsic nationals. I've, I've been to U.S. nationals a couple of times. And in my mind, I had this expectation. There we are again with expectations. But I had this, this expectation, this idea that if a club match is good... A level two match will be better, and Nationals will be even better than that. But what I didn't really factor in is is the sense of ownership. There are some clubs that take a, a real sense of pride in putting their best foot forward and really trying to run a a really excellent state match. I think historically, the when the Nationals has been run by a particular club, they tend to take more ownership of it and, and really see it as a representation of them, where at least my anecdotal observation is that when HQ runs it, as has been the case in the last few years, uh, 2018 and, and 2019, there's, there's more of a, a sense of distance, more of a sense of, which makes sense, right? They are trying to run this thing remotely, and so there, there are actually real logistical hurdles to trying to set up and arrange a match at a, at a club that you're not local to. So this idea that Nationals would just automatically be better has, has tripped me up over the years. And I know that this might not be a, a generally shared sentiment, but I know that for me, it has definitely made it in some way harder to take the match really seriously. There's the sense of, they didn't put in the effort, so why should I? Which is, of course, stupid. I've already driven or flown down there I've already brought ammo I've already zeroed my guns I've already I've already done all the work and this is sort of where the the whole thrust of this comes in that whatever the situation of the match is if you can speak to it if you can have some influence to make it better if the match director comes around and says hey what did you think about this you can certainly give them feedback and and you should have that feedback you know tucked away in your back pocket but Something that I have certainly made the decision to do and and have made an effort to do is to more consciously separate what I think of the match compared to some sort of theoretical match that could be better. Separate that from my job as a competitor. Just switch it off when the when the gun belt goes on doesn't matter the The stages could be rickety, the targets could be poor quality. It doesn't matter. Everybody else is shooting the same setup and all you're doing by letting yourself be distracted, even 5% of your brain power going to criticizing the, the administration of this, the match while you're shooting it is just completely wasted. You are handicapping yourself and the other people who are happy to just show up and shoot are, are getting an advantage over you right now. And so there is no point in doing it. That said... There is a point in reviewing it afterward, having a discussion, making issues known if there is some channel through which you can raise these problems and say, the staff at nationals don't really seem like they compete a lot, and so the officiation seems slipshod. You can say things like that on a podcast when you're not actively competing. But thinking about that, letting it get in your head when you are actually on the range, it just doesn't help. All you can really do is run your stages in a moderately defensive way, which you probably should be doing anyway, such that there is no chance that you can be mistaken for breaking 180 or sweeping yourself or any other potential safety violation. You want there to be zero chance of doubt. So you over exaggerate things a little bit. Is it going to hurt your performance a little bit? Maybe. But all you can do is try and control the, the factors around you. You can't change who the staff are the day of. You can't change how the targets are or how interesting the stages are or how much of a test you think they will be or if there's a gimmicky triple up-down bobber target with tuxedos on it that's a dumb stage. You can't control that. And giving any thought to it during the match will just, will just hurt you. And this applies at the club match level as well the The match that I shot this past weekend, which again I'll talk about some more later, was it, it, I'm very conflicted about this match because the stages are very interesting and I like them a lot, and we'll talk about more why later. but the actual the actual production value at this match uh is subpar i I think it's been getting better when I shot the match six months ago they literally some of the stages had did not have fault lines nailed to the ground. They, they had rope strung between little posts, which I don't even believe is USPSA legal. And I remember thinking at the time, man, this is so cheesy. Why am I even here? You know, what is a blah, 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 wine wine wine. And the fact of the matter was, I'd driven, I'd paid my match fee. Everybody else was dealing with the same situation. So maybe I can have a conversation with the match director afterwards, which I didn't. And so the fact that, the one thing that i could have done to change the situation i didn't do but instead i just grumbled about it in my head and let it distract me and i did not shoot particularly well that day now it's been 6 months things have changed the availability of other matches has has shifted and things worked out for me to go to this match and this whole topic came from me thinking about it on the way down and just saying you got to take all that all that attitude about what the stages could be, should be, blah, 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 whatever. Take them, when, you, when the gun belt goes on, put them in a box, put them away. You can think about them later, but when you're actually shooting the stages, you're just there to shoot. You shoot them as built. You can't control making them better, making them worse. You can make your performance slightly more defensive if need be. You know If, if there happens to be a target activator that you happen to know other competitors are having issues with, maybe you... Confirm that it's down before you leave the position where you're, where it's only visible from. Maybe you program in a little bit more defensiveness into your stage plan like that, but don't let it distract you. Don't let it get in your head because it's just not helpful. There, Every match that you go to will be imperfect in some way. Maybe at a state match, for example, I, I know my expectation coming from shooting club matches was... Well, I show up an hour early, and I get to walk all the stages all I want, and so when it's actually time to do the five-minute walkthrough, it's, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm more remembering my stage plan than building it. But most state matches, most level two matches probably won't work that way. If you are lucky, you might be able to drive to the range the day before and walk the stages and get a look at some of them, maybe all of them, if, if you're lucky, but it certainly is not an expectation. In part because at a level two match, especially if it's being run in a one-day format, odds are you're going to be starting pretty much as soon as there's enough light to run competitors. And so you're not going to get a chance to walk the stages beforehand. And in some cases, you may have to, even if you show up the day before, there might still be competitors running the stages until the range closes. And nobody ever explicitly came out and told me to have this expectation, but but it somehow I got the idea that, you know, club matches are good. So level two matches are better and level three and four should be even better than that. And I let that get to me for a while and I'm not going to do that anymore because it, it doesn't help. If someone wants to have a conversation, like I said, about, about the match, about how it can better, be better, I'm happy to give them that feedback. I'm happy to talk about it on the podcast if I think it's relevant. But actually letting it get in my head and affect my performance doesn't help anyone and it, it's a distraction and you just have to eliminate that. So there you go. There, there is comfort in the fact that not only will you as a competitor never have a perfect match performance, and that's okay, but also that every match you go to will be in some way imperfect. And once you learn to expect both of those things, when they happen, you stop being surprised. You stop being feeling entitled or gypped or frustrated. And you just say, oh, okay, this is how this match is going to let me down. And that's okay. That's fine. It's not necessarily a criticism. It just takes it from being an unexpected intrusion to being part of the expected nature of the sport. And I think that's that's a good thing. I know it's certainly helpful for me, so I thought I'd share it with you guys. That wraps up this episode of Short Course. Talk to you next time.